They come in all shapes and sizes, dominate cityscapes, and generate nearly 40% of annual global greenhouse gas emissions. Being a key staple of human civilization, it is a shame to say that buildings are one of the most prominent culprits when it comes to severe climate change. The good news is that globally, the energy consumption of the building sector is improving by about 1.5% every year. However, with the number of buildings on the rise, global floor area is growing at such a fast rate that building energy consumption improvements are being offset. The reality is carbon emissions related to buildings are expected to double by 2050 if action at large scale doesn't happen. Hello and welcome to another episode of Preview of Tomorrow. I am your host, Mike Lake. In this preview, I will be talking to Rishi Chowdhury, whose company, Incubespace, has created a solution that could alter the path of real estate, making it more flexible, renewable, and configurable. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Rishi, hello and welcome. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And, and once again, I, I do want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to this episode. Uh, I'd like to introduce you all to, to Rishi Chowdhury, uh, the CEO of Incubespace, a startup with a bold vision on real estate. Uh, now, Rishi, before we get into the real estate and, and your passion of, uh, about you know, buildings in general, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to develop this interest and passion. Yeah, of course. So um, thanks for having me. Um, it's a funny story, actually, how it probably began, uh, because a few years ago, around 2015 now, I actually ended up in a, in a pub with another startup founder and, uh, and my colleague at the time, and probably had a few too many beers and ended up buying a double-decker bus. And uh, <laughs> a bright red double-decker London bus. So um, that ended up being uh, something that we took around the UK and, and Europe to um, showcase entrepreneurs to investors and potential clients. But we needed a place to park it. And so we made friends with a lot of uh, landlords um, and parked it on Meanwhile Space, uh, which was very new to us. But, you know, Meanwhile Space ended up being this a space which was unused while they were waiting on getting planning permissions. Um, mm. So really it introduced us to this whole world of buildings and, and underutilized space. That's amazing. And, and give us a sense. I mean, how, how, how much underutilized space is there? Um, a huge amount. So, um, you know, cities are dominated by buildings. Um, and there's so many hundreds of thousands, thousands of square foot, you know, just in London alone that goes um, underutilized in the sense that it's it's being it's it's waiting for a use. And it could be one year, two years, it could be five years in some places. And this is not useful for the local communities. It's an eyesore. Um, 
often it's you know a lot of security expense for for people as well um, for for the landlords. Um, and, and once we realised that, we kind of actually started having that dialogue with landlords, um, and realised that actually this happens internally as well. There's lots of empty buildings sitting there, um, and you know as you know more so now than ever we see it with the pandemic, right? We're going to need to make sure and, you know, look at how buildings can play a better role in providing for people that you for, for the people that use it when people come back to, uh, you know, working in buildings. You're going to have to rethink about how those buildings are used, uh, especially if there's more hybrid working. We don't have a necessarily um, a, a good understanding of how many people will come in each day. It might be quite variable. And the last thing we really want is more waste, you know, mm. wasted energy, wasted materials, wasted journeys. Um, buildings already contribute around 40% of global CO2 emissions. Um, and 11% of that is made up from construction materials. And then 28%, 29% is, is coming from sort of day-to-day building operations. So, you know, that that's a big area of, of kind of concern going forward. And a lot of people... Uh, you know, from landlords to corporates to governments are looking at, you know, going towards net zero and having to meet those emissions targets. So I think buildings have a large role to play in the future of cities, of course. Um, you know, we spend 90% of our day in, in buildings mm. at the end of the day, whether it's residential or commercial. Um, so we really have to think about, you know, ensuring that they're places that people want to be. Um, we don't want them sitting empty. So if we can repurpose them easily to meet demand, you know, maximize that use of space that we already have and reducing the need to build more, um, then I think that's that's a great challenge there. Absolutely. And I know at Leading Cities, when we talk to cities, especially when we're looking at their uh, achievement of their um, you know, carbon emission goals, um it always comes up you know it, depending on the city the number one and number two kind of offenders of carbon emissions are always vehicles and buildings and depending on which city one is number one and the other is number two um but you're absolutely right uh, buildings are a tremendous um or can be a tremendous uh, contributor to not just greenhouse gas emissions carbon emissions uh, but as you mentioned, the energy side of things, um, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of a, a double-edged sword because on on the one side you have buildings consuming about 17 and a half percent of the world's energy, um, which is bad enough. But when you think about where that energy is coming from, um, and 73 percent of greenhouse gas emissions are coming from the production of energy. Uh, when you break it down, buildings are, are a huge uh, contributor to the challenge that we're facing. So tell me this. You, you, you started with some, some beers at a pub. It ended up with a double-decker bus. And uh, now we have Incube Space. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about Incube Space and, and what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess our, our aim is to help commercial property owners and occupiers create uh, smart, sustainable and reconfigurable spaces. Um, and, and really, you know, what we developed over the past few years was a product called Cubes. And this came out of working with 
um, corporates on developing uh, co-creation spaces. Um, so Cubes is a patent pending modular wall system and that enables commercial property owners and occupiers to create rooms or dividing partitions without um, any on-site waste, without any need for construction, uh, made completely using sustainable materials and it's embedded with best-in-class um, space utilization and air quality sensors. So, you know, what we saw when creating spaces for corporates to run their kind of innovation programs in um, was just how much waste was being generated from the fit-out perspective, um, you know, and when doing renovations and, and breaking down those spaces, you know, only to go through that process again with the next tenant. Um, so we, we saw that and we also saw that workplaces were often designed based on assumptions. So, you know, we designed something based on how we presume it's going to be, assume it's going to be used for the next, for the length of the lease, so two to 10 years. Um, or longer. Or, or longer, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, uh, and and often, you know, when, when you've got those traditional fixed walls, um, you know, you can see frustrations in the way that people work. Um, you know, you have phone booths now and people are hogging them for, for hours because that's the only kind of private space they have in a in a co-working kind of environment. Or uh, you see the lack of meeting rooms um, at certain times of day. Um, but, you know, they're eight person meeting rooms, so there's only one or two or three, four people in them. Uh, so that's often a limitation of design. Um, and, and, you know, some things have come to the market in the past few years. So, you know, meeting room pods, um, phone booths, they still lack that kind of flexibility to adapt in, in size or shape or, or meet the needs of a range of spaces. Um, and there's not many insights to really then tell you if they're actually being used and how they're being used and if they're useful when they're in. Um, so, so that's what we kind of built cubes for, was really to move, remove those kind of issues. Uh, one, on the sustainability waste side of things. Uh, secondly, on, on making things more adaptable. And thirdly, making things smart. So, you know, getting real-time insight into how your space is being used and then being able to use that um, to get recommendations on how you can optimize your space, right? So make that meeting room smaller or larger, um, have more desks, um, you know, create a bigger breakout space where you don't need so many, um, those kind of things. So um, that's, you know, what we were doing actually a couple of years ago and over the past year with the pandemic, um, you know, sustainability and um, uh, mm. flexibility has become, you know, even more important. Absolutely. And it, just to, for, for our audience, give us a sense. <clears throat> Once you configure a space using the cube system, and I, I do want to be clear, I don't want anybody thinking cubicles here. We're, we're talking <laughs> uh, a world away from uh, cubicles. But um, uh, when you are using the cube system, what what does it take to reconfigure the space? How quickly does that happen? How often can that happen? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a matter of hours, actually. So um, one of the key things we also wanted was how can you activate spaces quicker? Um, so a lot of the time before there was, um, you'd have demand for something and then you go through the process of like, okay, here's demand, we need to build something to satisfy that demand and then you go build it. And by the time that happened, 
you know, your demand has shifted again already. And, you know, there's been changes in economic kind of, you know, either that company's grown or they've shrunk or different things have changed. So we can build up um, a room or a partition wall in a matter of hours using cubes. And it's all click and connect. It's all standalone. So we have a um, structural um, uh, engineering algorithm, which basically looks at the shape and design that you want. And then when we go to manufacture, I'll add different weightings into each panel to make sure it's structurally sound and works as a standalone rather than needing to fit into, uh, you know, be built into the base built. So, yeah, it works really quickly. And then you can, you can um, you know, reconfigure that as and when you want. You know, typically we'd say do it on a quarterly, six monthly or yearly basis um, rather than, let's say, a daily or hourly kind of thing. Um, so that's typically, that's typically what we see at the moment. And is this something I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, commercial spaces and the fact that um, not only do you have changing needs within a within the period of a single lease, you know, with one one person or one company occupying that space, but when you transition from one tenant to a new tenant, there's mm-hmm. office that build out cost, and um, I'm thinking if if the incub space solution is already in place you're talking about being able to turn over that space at lower cost greater sustainability faster turnaround period of time this is kind of a a windfall for for property managers no absolutely you hit the nail on the head there um you know we're working with a lot of landlords directly um and it's you know more and more of their square footage in a building is being dedicated towards flex space um Mm. and plug and play spaces which they're fitting out and typically the problem has been that they'll fit out a space uh, so that they can get an occupier in. Uh, once they fit it out, an occupier will come in and say, well, great, I don't have to pay uh, the capex on the fit out. And uh, then uh, what will happen is they'll go, well, it's not exactly how I would have designed it. So they'll make some adjustments. So they'll knock out the meeting room or change the shape and size, generating more waste, more time, more cost. Um, and, you know, half the time that's brand new stuff there. So our idea is that actually you can build up a space as you want it. Um, an occupier comes and says, great, we'll take it. But actually we'd like, you know, four meeting rooms or four people and a couple of office, private offices over there. Landlord will reconfigure it before they move in. And then they can move in in a you know, matter of days rather than months. And then again, you know, in a year or two, once that lease is up and shift it for the next tenant and, and again and again. So in, in, in this last kind of couple minutes we've got here, <clears throat> thinking about the future, you know, 10, 20, 50 years from now, incube space is kind of the new norm when it comes to um, space design within buildings. What, what does that mean? What does it mean to the user? What does it mean to the community or the world at large? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, our real goal, let's say, over the next um, – 10 years is to significantly accelerate uh, landlords and tenants drive to net zero uh, and, and and by doing that we want to be able to remove our, our ambitious goal is a uh, 100 million tons of co2 which is uh, it's the equivalent of roughly around uh, the amount of carbon captured by um, 1.6 billion trees 
over that 10-year period as well. And, and what I think by having these cubes in there will, will, will help reduce the amount of construction traffic that you have going through cities every day. Not only does this contribute, obviously, to pollution in the air, but it contributes to emptier roads. We don't need as many, uh, you know, trucks driving through our cities, taking waste back and forth from on site. And, you know, the larger goal for us is actually how can we then start um, taking this from internal spaces only, but also applying the same kind of concept to much larger buildings and how can you have more modular adaptable buildings um, and how can a whole building be repurposed mm. its use from retail to commercial office to um, to to living space um, and how can we have a city which adapts to the demand of those that live there as you know those cities and those demographics change so I think that's really the kind of vision of the future that we have over the next 10, 20, 30 years. So for any one of our listeners who wants to learn more about uh, Incubus Space and, and this incredible opportunity you, you are creating, how, how do they do so? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way would be go to um, our website, so www.incube.space. And from there, you can uh, learn more. You can also request a demo. You can request um, a brochure um, or just get in touch. Terrific. Well, listen, I want to thank you not only for joining us uh, on this episode of Preview of Tomorrow, but also for the work you're doing. I mean, creating more flexible, more sustainable, more economical uh, space, as you point out, is is having a global impact. And we, we all are grateful for uh, that, that effort. And we certainly support your goal of reducing uh, carbon emissions by so much. Um, so thank you for that effort. We know it's not easy. We know you're doing a fabulous job at it. Uh, and we look forward to to seeing your success in the future. Amazing. Really appreciate it, Mike. And uh, thanks so much for, for the opportunity today. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.